certainly here. I'm ready to share the Word of God. How many of you have an open heart today to hear what God has to say to you? I really believe this morning God's going to speak to you. He's going to help you grow strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. So let's do this. Let's, after, after all our wonderful worship and time and all the things that are going on, let's settle our hearts and let's open our hearts to hear what God has to say to us today. Father, today, we just tune into what you're saying. We yield ourselves to the Word of God and we thank you, Lord, that it's going to make a big difference in our life. And Lord, we will hear and we will obey in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. How many of you have been working it out in the book of Ephesians this month? Amen. That's our goal. We're working it out. We're growing strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We're, we're studying Ephesians on Wednesday night, and we're looking at it on Wednesday morning, or pardon me, Sunday morning. We've been giving you some spiritual exercises from the book of Ephesians because our theme this year, or pardon me, this summer, is that we're going to grow strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And that's what these two months are all about. And we're beginning the second half of our workout program. How many of you, when you start the new year, you get all fired up about getting in shape? Three people. I thought this illustration might work, but evidently y'all are a lethargic bunch. Let's try, and you just play with me a little bit and make me feel better. How many of y'all, you know, come around the first year, you think, oh, man, this time I got I to gotta go get an exercise machine. I got to work out, man. You, you do that, man. You, you, oh, yeah, you do that. But then by, by about January 3rd, you start waning in your uh, zeal, and by February 3rd, it's just like, man, let's sell this walk a thing that we bought in a garage sale. You know, that's the way a lot of people are in their spiritual walk. They get all zealous and excited, but then they get halfway through the workout and they, they grow weak or wane or just kind of back off. Let's, let's not back off. Look at your neighbor and say, we're not backing up. Tell somebody, we're not backing off. We're going to get strong in the Lord. And so we've been exercising. The first exercise I gave you uh, when we started this exercise program the first of the month out of Ephesians was the exercise of knowing. And you look at Ephesians and you'll realize that Paul, the first half, he was telling the Ephesian church, he was giving them some, some insight as to who they were in Christ. How many of you know we're seated with Christ in heavenly places? He said he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And so when you read through, when you work it out in the book of Ephesians, you'll know, man, hey, Paul's trying to say, this is who you are. This is where you sit. This is where you stand. This is who you are in Christ. And so, uh, and then, so as he gets on through the second half, then he starts implementing who we are and how to work it out and how to apply it in our life. But if you don't know who you are in Christ, man, you're in trouble because the Bible says, my people are destroyed, Hosea said, for a lack of knowledge. And then the exercise, the next exercise we gave you was the exercise of sitting. Now, I know a lot of you love that. Because, man, you're figuring out, man, I love anything I can do while sitting down. That's pretty cool. You know, some of you think your exercise program's like this. One, two, three, four. You're just working it out every day. You know, that just sitting around twiddling your thumb. That's not what we're talking about. Because Paul says we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And we learned a couple of weeks ago, if you're going to remain seated, firmly fixed in Christ in heavenly places, you're going to have to learn to take your stand against the influences of the world that are trying to undermine your position in Christ. And so we got to stay seated. Everyone say you got to stay seated. How you do that? By taking your stand. 
against the influences of darkness. Because I want to tell you something, the powers of darkness are trying to undermine your position and your place in him. Everybody say, you got to work it out. And then last week we talked about the exercise of fitting. Because Paul said in Ephesians 2.1, we're being fitted together and joined together as the body of Christ. And we find our place and where we fit in the family of God. We talked about the chisel. Anyone here last week? Anybody been chiseled on this last week by the chisel of God? This is what I told you. I said, we learned that God doesn't always find a place where we fit. He finds a place and he chisels on us until we do fit. Some people say, I'm just, I just don't fit. Well, maybe you just need the chisel. Maybe you're where you need to be, but the chisel needs to go to work in your life and to shape you and to find you. And he says he's fitting us together. It is a process. Everyone say it's a process. And now this morning, are you ready for another exercise to implement in your spiritual journey this summer? We're going to talk about the exercise of walking. Man, if I, if I could do this, I would teach this message all while I'm walking around and I'd get physically fit and spiritually fit at the same time, but I'll stay, I'll stay right here for you. How many of you go for a walk every once in a while? You just go walking. It's good for you. It's healthy. In fact, there's a lot of benefits of your just staying, uh, not being, uh, you know, uh, what is it, uh, uh, doctor? Not docile, but, uh, sedentary. How many of you know what sedentary means? That you, you set and tarry. Is that it? No, it's not. All right. Anyway, you just get sedentary. You need to get active. It's walking. But we're, we're realizing that this exercise is not just about physical walking. It's about spiritual walking. And in fact, the Greek word there. And in a minute, I'm going to show you five ways we walk in the book of Ephesians that we're going to walk it out. We're going to work it out. Uh, but the Greek, this is what you need to understand. The Greek word for walk, it means to tread all around, especially as proof of ability. In other words, I'm proving something. I'm actually, it's an exercise of example. How many of you know God's looking for good examples in the church today? And when he, te- when he teaches us here in the book of Ephesians that we need to walk it out, we've got to walk this way, we've got to walk that way. He's saying, hey, you've got to walk in such a way that others see that what Christ is doing in your life is valid and real. How many of you know the world is looking for a role model of example on how to walk with God? And I'm telling you today, there's some people here in this house who need to lift it up to another level and begin to exercise uh, their their, uh, spiritual muscles, if you will, and begin to show the world that you can walk with God and be victorious. Could I get a better amen? And so that's what God's looking for. That's what the world is looking for. Some people who can walk with God and, and be a righteous example. Now, what Paul came and he told the Ephesians is, you've been walking the wrong way. It's, now it's time to begin to walk the right way. In fact, look at the wrong way that we, we've walked in our life. Uh, it, it's in Ephesians chapter 2. He said, you once walked, verse 2, According to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. How many of you used to walk the wrong way? Come on, let's be honest. He said, you once walked in a harmony and concordance and in in harmony with the course of this world and the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. And then he gets over in chapter 4 where we're starting to have to apply and implement these truths. He says this in verse 17, this I say therefore and testify to the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk 
in the futility of their mind. Everyone's saying the futility of their mind. How many of you know if you live life based on what you think, you will be in a pickle? Anybody ever done that? In fact, the futility of the mind means the moral depravity of your thinking process. And understand something. We by nature are morally depraved. And if we live and walk the way we used to live and walk and expect God to bless us, we're going to be in trouble. He said, you used to walk like the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Everyone say blindness of their heart. Now, when you study, you know, I study the Greek a little bit. Look at the words. Blindness doesn't really mean blindness. It means the foolishness or the stupidity. I love the Bible. You know, in my house, you're not supposed to say stupid. But then I got to reading the Bible. And there's a lot about stupid people. <laughs> we changed the words to foolish, which is not much better. But here, Paul said, you got to stop walking in a way that is stupid. Let's be honest. How many of you don't, you don't want to lie in church. How many of you done some stupid things in your life? Man, that was stupid. I just, you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and just go, that's stupid. He said, that's the way it used to be. But then he goes on to say, but you have not so learned Christ, verse 20. In other words, I'm giving you a new way of walking. How many of you want a new way of walking in this life? Come on. I said, how many of you want a new way of walking? Here we go. I'm going to give you five. Let me see all five fingers. Come on. Here we go. I'm going to give you five. Here they are. It's the righteous walk. Let's look at it. Let's, let's see what God wants us to do. The first one is this. He says, you've got to walk in good works. Ephesians 2.10 says, he says, you were created. You are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for what? Come on, say it out loud. You were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that you should do what? Come on, say it out loud. Walk in them. You should walk in the good works and, and understand this. Jesus taught this. He said, if you'll, you know what the world will do when you, when you work it out and walk in good works? They'll see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. God's looking for some role models who not only say it, but believe it and activate it in their life, who are walking in good works. In fact, what did we learn in James? We learned in James that the real faith is not what I say, but what I do. He said, I'll show you my faith by my works, by my, the, the good works that God wants us to do. It's time we begin to walk it out. Somebody say, walk it out. Now, the application part of this over in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, he said, I've given you what we call the five-fold ministry to help equip you. Look what he said in verse 11, chapter 4. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ. In other words, there are people God puts in our life to equip us to, not to just sit soaking sour, but to do something for the kingdom. Amen. And get busy doing the will of God and doing the good works. We walk in good works. Amen. Number two, he said we're to walk worthy. Chapter four, verse one through three. Look what he said. The first thing he said in this chapter, which begins the implementation of who we are in Christ. He said, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling 
with which you are called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. How many of you know that has to do with relationships with one another? We, we're, how many of you know we're the body of Christ? Amen. He said you're to walk in good works and you're to walk worthy of the calling with which you're called. How many of you know we have a calling from God to fulfill His kingdom purpose? We've got we've to measure up. We've got to begin to walk the way He would want us to walk and do what He wants us to do and walk worthy of the calling, walk in good works. And number three, He says in Ephesians, we are to walk in love. Now, I love this one. Chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, He said, we've got a role model. He said, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. I was talking to Kelly earlier and he was before church and we were talking about, you know, what does it really mean to love your neighbor as yourself? There's a lot more to it than just saying howdy, partner. How many of you, let's be honest, how many of you treat yourself pretty good? You do your best to treat yourself pretty good. You take good care of yourself, right? You brush your teeth. You, you take good care. Because you can Hey, let's be honest. I don't think we're, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing. It says you should love your neighbor as yourself. But how many of you know, uh, we don't always bless our neighbor near as much as we bless ourselves, do we? Well, it's, it's crashing here, Jim, I think. Walk in love. We walk worthy. We walk in good works and we walk in love. Paul's given us different ways and methods and means to walk it out and begin to be the role model that he has for us and, and follow the righteous example. He said, be imitators of God. Uh-oh. What did God do? God so loved the world that he gave. How many of you know we've got to give ourselves to the world that needs us? And walk it out and walk in love and begin to apply what we've learned and received and how we've been blessed and loved by God. That's the righteous walk. And then number four, he said in chapter five, walk as children of light. Look at what he says in verse eight. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Everybody say walk as children of light. And then he kind of works it out for us. He says, he says this, for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret, but all things are exposed, are made manifest by the light. For whatever is made manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you what? Christ will give you light. And he told us to walk as children of life. Let me break it down for you. Somebody tell me. Break it down, Pastor. Let me break those verses down for you quickly. He said this. He said, he said in the, the next verse after he said, walk as children of light. He said, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Listen, if you're going to walk as a child of light, you've got to allow the Holy Spirit into your life. To begin to work in your life and to operate in your life. Allow the Holy Spirit to go to work. The, th the next thing I see in these verses, you've got to accept 
what is acceptable because he said in verse 10, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. That word acceptable means well-pleasing. In other words, if you're going to walk as children of life, you've got to begin to find what pleases God and you've got to begin to do it. You've got to begin to say, my life is here not to please myself. My life is here to please him. I want to please God in the way I live my life. And guess what? The little light will begin to shine. Everybody say, this little light of mine. And so you've got you've to allow the Holy Spirit to operate in your life. You've got to accept what is acceptable and well-pleasing to God as righteous lifestyle for yourself. And then you've got to awake from your spiritual slumber. He said in verse 14, awake you who sleep. Look at your neighbor and give him one of these and say, wake up. Wake up. We've got to awaken spiritually. Did you know there's a lot of people that are spiritually slumbering in life? You've got to arise and let him awaken you and begin to awaken to the things of God in your life and begin to uh, uh, come alive. And it says the last one here, you've got to arise to newness of life. Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. You see, God's looking for role models and people who will walk in good works, who will show and prove and validate that, hey, you can walk with God. You can do his will. You can walk worthy of the calling wherewith you're called. You can love others as God loved you. You can let this little light of mine shine because you allow the Holy Spirit influence in your life. You can walk with God. Amen. And then finally, he taught us to walk circumspectly. Chapter 5, verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly. Somebody say circumspectly. That means carefully or wisely. You got to be careful where you walk. And he says this, not as fools. See, Paul didn't pull any punches, did he? He said, don't walk foolishly. Don't walk in that word there, that word. Don't be stupid. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be stupid. Don't be stupid about this thing. You've got to walk circumspectly. You've got to walk wisely. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. How many of you know how we handle our days is whether or not we walk wisely or not? Redeeming the time. Making the most of the divine opportunities that God gives us. Did you know we are living as a church in a divine opportunity? This is just not same old, same old. We learned in Scripture just recently that we're living in the age of grace. That this is God's divine opportunity for us to fulfill His kingdom purpose. And God is looking for people who will walk in good works and will walk worthy and will walk in love and walk in light and walk wisely and carefully in this world and validate for a world that is without Christ that, yes, you can walk with God. Yes, you can follow after Him. Yes, you can serve Him with all your heart. Somebody say, work it out. We've got to exercise. We've got to get busy walking and living in the Christian life. This morning, I want you to know, and I want to warn you. I want to give you a warning today. Everybody say warning. How many of you old, how many old folks here? I've just got mine up. You remember Lost in Space? How many of you remember Lost in Space? Will Robinson? Man, oh man. That was something. And the robot? You can Google this. You got to see that. Hey, you got to see that. What the robot? 
What did the robot say? Warning, Will Robinson. Danger approaching. These arms flailing there. Warning, Will Robinson. Warning. Hey, let, hey, listen, let me be. Warning, warning, Will. Let me give you a warning about your walk with God. You want some warning today? Let me just warn you about a few things. There's a lot of influences in the world endeavoring to derail our walk with God. Hey, how about just our good old adversaries? Anybody got any adversaries? That's why we put on the whole armor of God, right? Because we have adversaries. That is the devil that are prowling about, Paul said, Peter said, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's why Paul the apostle told the Ephesians, listen, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And oh, guess what? You better put on the whole armor of God wherewith you may be able to stand against the principalities and the powers and those spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. There are adversaries that are trying to undermine and derail your walk with God to keep you from walking in good works, to keep you from walking worthy of the calling wherewith you're called, to keep you from walking in love and walking in the light and walking wisely. These adversaries, they're out to undermine your walk with God. Number two, our own affections. How many of you realize that our nature, you know, it just... If we yield to our own affections, that's why Paul told the Colossians, set your affections on things above, not on the earth, for you're dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Hey, look what Paul said in Ephesians, over in Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verse 17. He said, you better work this one out. He said this, he said, when he said to, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, he said, guess what you need to do? Verse 22, put off, everybody say put off. Put off concerning the former conduct and the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of, of your mind and put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Listen, our own affections will undermine our walk with God. If we don't learn to put off, everybody say put off and put on. Not wax on, wax off. Put on, put off, put off, put on. Okay, put off that old man and put on the new man. Get a new way of thinking about your walk with God. If we're not careful, our adversaries and our own affections will undermine our walk with God. And number three, what I see in these passages is not only our adversaries and our affections, but our own arrogance. Our very own arrogance. I find it interesting. Everybody go, huh. That's very interesting. I find it interesting that when Paul the Apostle in this letter to the Ephesians, once he got through the first three chapters of of giving insight and revelation to who we are in Christ and, and, the, and the mystery that has been revealed of the grace of God to all mankind. I find it interesting in chapter 4, verse 1, where he starts in his implementation of the insight we've received. He said, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord. How many of you know you got to be humble to be a willing prisoner of the Lord? Beseech you... To walk worthy of the calling wherewith you're called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another 
in love. How many of you know we got to stay humble? We got to stay stay low. Look at your neighbor. Say we got to stay low. Less of me and more of Him. In this walk with God, less of me and more of Him. I'm not going to let my arrogance undermine my walk with God. I'm not going to let my affections undermine my walk with God. I'm going to put off the old man and put on the new man. I'm going to get a new way of thinking about my walk with God. I'm not going to let my adversaries, I'm not going to let the devil. Come on, some of you need to get, some of you need to get serious. Some, everybody go, you know, some of us need to get serious about standing up against our enemies that are trying to undermine our walk with God and just say enough is enough. I'm taking my stand. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to walk about and prove God's ability to enable me to be a righteous role model in this world that so desperately needs someone to show them you can walk with God. I came to tell you, you can walk with God. You can walk in the light. You can walk as children of light. You can walk wisely. You can choose to stop being foolish. How many of you know it would be foolish to keep your eyes closed everywhere you went and to stumble into every stumbling block? Open your eyes and walk circumspectly, redeeming the time, making most of the time God has given you. You can choose to walk in love and walk worthy. And this morning, very simply, as we leave this place, we have a responsibility to be a role model of righteous walking with God. Our kids need to see it. Our friends need to see it. Our our brothers, our sisters, our work associates need to see us walking with God. Morning, noon, and night. Amen. It's the exercise of walking. And when troubles come, how many of you ever had a trouble or two? What do they see? I'm still walking with God. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm going to walk with God. Let's stand together today. Let's ask God to help us begin to walk with Him. Some of you need to begin walking in love. Some of you need to begin walking circumspectly redeeming the time. Some of us need to begin to walk worthy of the calling wherewith we're called. Some of us need to begin to walk in good works. Something may really have clicked with you in that area. We've got to begin to walk it out. Father, today I thank you for the Word of God. And I thank you, Lord God, that no longer do we walk according to the rest of the Gentiles in the futility of our mind. But Lord, we're walking the way you would have us to walk and we're working it out today. And Lord, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're going to strengthen us and empower us. Just as Paul said, Lord God, the Holy Spirit goes to work in our life to strengthen us and empower us. Lord, we thank you for the worthy walk. We thank you, Lord God, for being the role model to help us walk in love as you walked in love and you loved us. We thank you for it today. We give you all the praise and all the glory. 
I want you right now to spend a few moments just looking inside, just being a little introspective and applying what we've learned here very simply and quickly today. How am I walking with God? Are others seeing Jesus in me? Am I a role model of the righteous walk? If not, it's time to work it out and walk it out today. I thank you, Lord. I bless you today. Help us to walk the way you'd have us to walk. No longer under the governance of the powers of darkness. In fact, today I sense some need, someone needs to make the break today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, there's someone here in a battle right now. Paul said, hey, we used to walk under the governance of the prince of the power of the air. That's why you used to be in charge in our life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I sense there's someone here who's battling with who's in charge in your life. And so today I want to ask you today who's in charge. Have you been trying to live in the futility of your mind? Or is it about time to just let him be in charge of every area of your life? To let go and let him have his way in your life to yield to the governance of God in your life and say, Lord, you're in charge of my life. I want to follow your example about how to live and how to walk with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, you know, you got me today. I, there's a battle going on in my life. And, 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 and if the, the reality were known, I struggle with living life under the governance of self and living life under the governance of my own mind. And, and, and I push God aside. If that's you today with every head bowed and every eye closed today, you're saying, you know what? It's time to turn it over and let him be in charge. If that's you, lift your hand wherever you are. I'm going to pray for you. Anyone here before we dismiss, I want to pray for you and ask God to just, I see those hands. If you're here, you say, man, I've been living life in my own. I see that hand. And today I want to yield. I see that hand. I want to yield myself to the governance of Jesus Christ and began to walk according to His will and plan for my life. Anyone else? Just lift your hand and say, that's me. God bless you. I see that hand. Father, you see these hands that are sprinkled throughout this room? You can put them back down. Lord, I pray today we would yield to the governance of God. And Lord, I want, every, I, I want everyone that lifted their hand to make a turn today and turn towards you and begin to yield to you. I want everyone to pray with me today. Everyone out loud. Let's pray out loud together. Let's join these who lifted their hand today. And let's just pray for them and pray with them as they yield themselves to the governance of God today. Everyone say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me on a cross and for paying for my sin with your blood. And Lord, just as you were raised from the dead, I can also walk in newness of life. I want to put off this old way of living. And I want to put on the new man. I yield myself to your control. Come on, everybody, say it out loud. I yield myself to your control. And I let you be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. And from this day forward, I'll follow after you. I'll walk the worthy walk. And allow you to be the Lord and the leader of my life. In Jesus' name. We give you all the praise. And we give you all the glory. And we worship you today. Let's just lift our hands.
Michael's going to lead us again just in one more worship chorus. Let's just give him all the glory today as we close out this time together. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.